Warning, the following podcast is a shit show, and the individuals you are about to meet are idiots. Their opinions, anecdotes, and advice contain zero nutritional value. This is the critical human condition and all of its strangeness. This is life, according to an idiot. Hello, hi, my name is... Hello, everybody. We're back. Uh, you cut me off. You... No, fuck you. Fuck you. It's me. It's the Jeremy Show. <laughs> <laughs> hi, I am Mo, and thank you for joining us to listen to an According to an Idiot. And I'm, and I'm Jeremy, <laughs> the star of this show. <laughs> and he also thanks you for joining to listen. Thank you. To our podcast. Thank you, but also thank me. <laughs> I am very thankful for you for many reasons, Jeremy. Oh, really? Thank you. That's sweet. We've been like friends for quite a long time now, actually. I was just thinking about that the other day. I think it's been... Since 2016. 2016. So it's been... That's, what's the math on that? Seven years. Seven years? Yeah, that's crazy. Dude, that's fucked up. Right? Look at us. Dude. Things have changed so much in seven years. Anyways, thanks for being around. We're not going to babble too much because we are doing a mini-sode today. Ooh. Mini-sode I decided to do was the Baba Yaga. Baba Yaga. <laughs> Jeremy, how much do you know about Baba Yaga? Okay, I know virtually nothing. Perfect. But I do know that it's a scary old lady, yeah? Uh, yeah, pretty much. That's kind of her, her whole deal. Well, that's the show, guys. <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs> you probably know more about her than you think because she has a lot of like popular depictions in like modern media, but she is a very, very old folklore, supernatural being originated in Slavic folklore. And her name basically roughly translates to grandmother witch, which I think is very fun. Yeah. So... Like you were saying, she is basically like a hideous old woman. And what makes her fun is that she is commonly seen flying around in a mortar and she wields a pestle. <laughs> What's a, oh, like a mortar, like mortar, like, a, like the cooking thing? Mm-hmm, like a mortar like and pestle. Mo like, mortar <laughs> and pe like mortar and pestle for people who are dumb like me. Mortar and pestle, it's like the bowl is that little like, it's like made of like rock sometimes. Yeah, like yeah. stone. Yeah, and like with the equally stone-like little rod thing that you crush shit up inside there. So mm -hmm. she's <laughs> so she's like floating around, floating around in a stone bowl in a salsa dish. <laughs> in a, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's walking around covered in guac, red peppers sticking out of you know where. So she is a supernatural being, hence the witch part, who is one of three sisters. Sometimes the stories say that she has two daughters, but most say she is one of three sisters. These are the Cheetah Girls, correct? They are the Cheetah Girls. That's right. I am familiar with this. The, the Cheetah Girls were actually based off of the Baba Yaga sisters folktale. <laughs> <laughs> but it's kind of interesting because in the stories, they all have the name Baba Yaga and they guard the foundations of the water of life. Oh, there's like a lot of different stories of them, but that's like one of the interpretations. 
and she is depicted as being like a horribly ugly woman, you know, like the basic hook nose, warts, witch stereotype, like archetype that you get. Yeah. What I thought was kind of fun in like some stories specifically, they mention the repulsiveness of her nose, her breasts, mm. her butt and her vulva. Oh <laughs> my God. Yeah. The mind reels. <laughs> was there any more detail than that? Uh, no, it was just. Who was seeing her vulva? I don't know. This lady is like fucking crazy. She's like a typical like trickster archetype in a lot of the stories. So we've like mentioned archetypes before, I think, on the podcast oh, and like yeah. past episodes. I don't remember which one, but the trickster, you can imagine, just kind of deceives people. They like interfere in other people's lives. It could be like humans or like the natural world for like any reason. Usually, although the people in the stories hate this character, because they cause a lot of mischief and turmoil. They encourage transformation in the main characters. So they, in a roundabout way, end up being kind of essential and like a positive influence. And she kind of tends to follow that storyline of fucking things up (laughs) for like seemingly no reason. But she kind of ends up helping the main characters in the end. Yeah. Or just like eating them. Oh. Like a cannibal. (laughs) Okay, interesting. (laughs) So in a lot of the stories, she's like the personification of evil. And she likes to eat children specifically. So if you think of like the Hansel and Gretel story right they're like oh yeah going up the hill old lady witch that eats Mm -hmm. the kids yeah and she has like this little hut in the middle of the woods and then she tries to eat them it's kind of based off of this idea of the baba yaga she usually leaves in the morning and returns in the evening and commands a flock of black geese that circle the skies looking for children oh oh that's that's I no, thought that thank was you. fun because, like, fuck geese. <laughs> That's really bad. Can you imagine being a child and a flock of geese are like honking at you? That would be terrifying. Yeah. Well, geese are very violent birds, especially for children. Mm-hmm. There was one story that said there was like a cautionary tale. The mother told the kids not to go out if geese were flying in the sky, and the kids, not listening, went outside because they wanted to play. And the Baba Yaga ends up getting them. So it's like, hey, kids, listen to your mother. Yeah. Don't go out when geese are out. That's kind of with these archetypes, especially these like folk legends like Baba Yaga. It's all really just cautionary tales to keep people from doing stupid shit, you know? Right. To keep kids from like going out into the woods, getting lost, getting attacked by an animal or something or attacked by a person, you know, stuff Mm -hmm. like that. But isn't it weird? The universal fear of old women. Right? I was thinking that too. Ugly old women. Yeah. Like Grandma Witch. With Grandma Witch, like, did you have either one or more mean grandmothers? Both were kind of (laughs) mean. Really? Okay. Yeah. Rest in peace. Yeah, yeah, rest in peace. (laughs) Pour one out for those bitches. (laughs) And I hear that from a lot of people. I didn't really know either of my grandmothers very well, but I always hear people comment that they have at least one grandma that was mean, Mm. you know? Because I think when you get older, you start caring less, right? Like you kind of like... Like old men are mean too. Right. And old men are scary as well. Also, when you're old, you're kind of scary looking. Let's be real. Yeah. But there's also like that gender stereotype aspect of it where the women are supposed to be nurturing. They're supposed to be the caring ones and they're supposed to take care of you. So when they're not following that stereotype, it stings more. They have hideous tits. Yeah. (laughs) And they got disgusting vulva. Yeah. That hits hard. That really really gets warped when you're mean as a woman. But like if ugly men, mean men have like nasty balls, it's what we expect. 
Yeah. We know they're going to have nasty balls. We know they're going to be First mean. Of all, <laughs> First of all, as a man, your balls look like an old man's balls from day one. <laughs> you know, they just naturally look like they're 80 years old. <laughs> so nothing changes there. The stray hair, your balls are balding too. Yeah. Like a sphinx cat. <laughs> it's hideous. It's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> With the Baba Yaga, something that is very like prevalent now i see like a lot of tattoos like this i don't know if this is just a me thing because i care about tattoo art or if it's like more widespread but the baba yaga has a very distinctive house she usually dwells like deep in the woods in a hut but the hut is usually standing on chicken legs that are constantly turning and has like a fence topped with human skulls oh god yeah so if you think like howl's moving castle like that kind of has like similar imagery right to what they're describing obviously it's more robust it has like machines and stuff but it has that general idea of it like walking around that's really surreal isn't that kind of cool and disturbing yeah and inside her hut when it's shown on pictures she may be found stretched out over the stove reaching one corner of the hut to the other with her nose touching the ceiling No. So I don't understand. Oh my god, dude! <laughs> I don't. I don't understand. This is like activating childhood fears, right? This like, imagery. This is like dream logic shit. Mm-hmm. Like, how is she getting in and out? No one knows. When dude. you get in there, like, what is she? She's just laying there, just consuming the entire house. Like, that's just like primally terrifying to me, and I don't really that's have really disturbing. Yeah. I'm getting like shivers thinking about that. Mm-hmm. Describe that again. What is that? Describe it one more time. She is stretched out across the house yeah so she's stretched out over the house uh reaching one corner of the hut to the other with her nose touching the ceiling so she's she's not big she's just stretched out i interpreted it as she was big but honestly i think either interpretations work oh yeah because i'm picturing her like she's for some reason she's just stretching her magical limbs getting distorted and fucked up looking and just you know what I mean yeah but that reminds me too with the big nose and similar to Howl's Moving Castle staying on the train of like Hayao Miyazaki film Studio Ghibli Spirited Away mm-hmm. I believe the old lady's name was Yubaba oh Yubaba so yeah, similar Yubaba. right mm-hmm. okay that movie that character I still am afraid of that character she's freaky as hell she disgusts me like she turns my stomach whenever I see mm-hmm. her animation the fact that she's always looking and she flies around like a like, as a dark bird yeah it's a black bird Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she fits a lot of the stereotypes. So she's like a, a Baba Yaga figure. That's like, mm-hmm. that was going to be one of my like examples. But you can think she kind of fits that trickster archetype a little bit. Like she kind of is thrown in. She is causing a lot of chaos for like seemingly not a lot of reasons, but she serves as a very key character in the transformation of Chihiro. Yes. So without like the Baba Yaga in that story, she wouldn't have evolved as you know a person as a human to get to the state where she was leaving kind of more heightened and more aware and more like considerate of what she had and the people around her yeah like without that kind of negative influence you know that conflict which drives the character to like grow yeah and like she is evil like she is like a bad person but she isn't like mm-hmm. wholly evil either you know like there are aspects where she could do worse but she doesn't and i think it's like that kind of tension of she's just kind of there to push the growth of the main character which i think is really cool kind of like looking back at it mm-hmm. so 
Baba Yaga, like I was saying, can be evil or kind, often steals, cooks, and eats her victims, usually children, typically serves as like a villain character, but can also offer assistance. And she can also serve as like a shadow archetype. So this one is more of a modern idea than the trickster. So the shadow is thought to be like a dark or unknown aspect of an individual that is usually like rejected or suppressed. So within yourself, if you see yourself as like ugly or, you know, something like that, you tend to push that shadow down. So she kind of personifies all of those things that you're trying to push away. Yeah, I'm remembering now, if you want to hear more about archetypes and this kind of stuff in our dream episode, Mm. we talk about this. It's Carl Jung's archetypal characters. And it's these characters like Baba Yaga, which I think one of them is like a mean old witch. Okay. And it's like a character that appears consistently across cultures, across the world, has appeared unprompted in different folktales, different stories. It's part of what he calls the collective unconscious. Okay. This energy that we all share, that we unconsciously trade and share these storytelling mechanics that help us define ourselves and, you know, define our history, define everything. And also we relate to these characters in different ways. Like the trickster, he also noted how the trickster instills change by kind of reshuffling the deck by making things chaotic mm-hmm. causes you to rise to the occasion and the old lady kind of reflects back at you like the anti-mother you know what i mean right Ooh. this cold uncaring thing it is this warped version of what you know and then like you said the shadow another thing that he developed where it's the darker part of you i think if i remember correctly what his thinking was that the shadow is holds like a truer you inside of it Mm-hmm. If you can merge with your shadow, you can be a truer you because yeah. inside of your darkest tendencies, there is vulnerability there. Yeah, because I had originally heard of the shadow concept. Um, <laughs> this is going to sound really weird, but watching the Jonah Hill documentary that he did with his therapist that came out not too long ago. Oh, yeah. But his therapist talks about this idea of like having a shadow like within you that you're kind of ashamed of and you don't like and you try and push away and not think about. And for Jonah Hill, it was, you know, when he was a bit heavier and, you know, kind of like a nerdy teen, nerdy young adult, you know, he was just kind of awkward and he really hated that time of his life. And so he kind of hated the younger version of him and he had a lot of shame towards it. And one of the things that he talked about is kind of like accepting that part of you because it is like a part of you and it's part of your journey and your transformation and it deserves love just as much as like the current you. So it was kind of interesting to see that these shadow aspects are also projected onto characters too and kind of like these old like folklore type depictions. I thought that was really cool. Also, the documentary is pretty good. I got to check it out. It's solid. You gotta check it out. I give yeah, it, I've heard like good a, about it like a 7 out of 10. I think it's on Netflix, though. It is, yeah. But moving on to where the Baba Yaga actually shows up, her first appearance in like written tales is in 1755, and it's actually in a Russian grammar book, which I thought was really mm. <laughs> interesting. Yeah. But it's thought to be one of those things where she was so prolific that she just wasn't even really written down because she was shared orally so much in tales. And after that, she's shown a lot more as like tales kind of get written down and preserved. Right. Because she was definitely around longer than 1755, I'm sure. Yeah, for sure. Like probably centuries and centuries. Mm -hmm. 
And in modern culture, she's seen more as like a woman who creates her own rules and kind of embodies more of a feminine power and seen as like a source of wisdom than evil. And I think like the Yubaba we talked about in Spirited Away, there's also a Baba Yaga character in the Sandman comic books by Neil Gaiman. And if you haven't mm. watched that Netflix series, it's really fucking good. And oh, I it's very good. recommend it. And although there are no chicken legs, there's also like a Baba Yaga character in the Witcher series on Netflix too. There's like a hut in the woods and an old evil woman is in it and you have to like do deals with her. So it's kind of interesting seeing how she's portrayed now. Yeah. I have like some specific stories too, which I thought were fun. So I'm going to read one to you. Yeah, please. So as far as the origins, I'm just going to talk about this briefly. There are theories that she may have originally been the Slavic goddess of death in the Earth Mother. And I, per normal podcast rules, I'm going to pronounce this terribly, Liagaya Baba. And that goddess, who is the goddess of death, also wielded an iron mortar and pestle (laughs) and had, I think, three daughters or something along those lines. So it's pretty uncanny, the similarity. So somewhere along the line, this goddess of death and like Slavic folklore kind of merged into being the Baba Yaga, which I thought was pretty cool. Because like three daughters, it's kind of like her two sisters, right? Right. So there's like always three. There's always three of them. In another legend, it said, quote, Wishing to concoct the most perfect essence of evil, the devil cooked 20 nasty women together in a cauldron. <laughs> to capture the essence, he gathered the steam in his mouth and then spat it into the cauldron without thinking. Out of this mixture came Baba Yaga, the most perfect evil. Oh, God. I That's that was disturbing right there. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was kind of funny. It's making a fucking lady stew. He spits <laughs> in it. All the God. nasty women in your life, just throw them into a pot. Problem solved. Yeah. All these horrible women, let's combine them. <laughs> we want the essence of evil. Let's get all these nasty women. We hate women, right? <laughs> What's the most evil thing I can think of? Nagging. Nagging old <laughs> bitches. Gross. And fuck them and their ugly vulvas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Her tits and ass are so gross. <laughs> God damn. Who knew? They were just like Gwyneth Paltrow, like steaming their pussies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like in can a lot of it <laughs> goop the worst fucking <laughs> name the baba yaga definitely has got some goop going on got somewhere some goop. <laughs> so this story is the most popular baba yaga tale it's Vislisa the beautiful and you're gonna notice there are a lot of similarities between this and cinderella so Vislisa lives with her parents and she's really happy until she turns about eight years old that's when her mother gets sick And one day her mother calls her to her deathbed and gifts her a magical doll that will help her in life. She instructed Vasilisa to keep the doll a secret, never tell anyone, and always carry it with her. She said that she can get help during hard times by feeding the doll food and drink. After the mother dies, the dad marries a woman who has two daughters and they collectively abuse Vasilisa. It's always the fucking dads. Right? Every story, it's always the dad marries some dumb bitch who's really mean. And Mm -hmm. he's like, I can't do anything about it. I can't help the situation at all. Exactly. It's like the dad can't help because he's always away for work. 
So the sisters, part of their abuse is giving Vasilisa impossible tasks that she is only able to complete with the doll's help. So like, oh, you have to clean off the entire roof in an hour. Like, you know, just like really crazy outlandish things. Clean off the roof. (laughs) That was my own example. That's interesting. (laughs) Clean off this roof in an hour. <laughs> oh, fuck. We have such a big roof. We have such a large roof. Or I'll like, never get anything done. You know, sweep, mop, and shine the entire house's floors Everything. in 30 right. minutes, you know? But her, the doll would help her? Apparently. It doesn't specify how, but yeah, she just... That's spe- the scariest part of me, like, like to me, because like, like, imagine if your mother's dying and like the last thing she does is like, here, here's a haunted Build-A-Bear. <laughs> it, it, it'll help you do things give it some cookies and yeah. you'll you're fine ask yeah. it for and help it will help you clean every inch of the roof and it just looks like chucky <laughs> yeah just this disgusting haunted doll like oh fuck right it's like horrifying and it like groans as you feed it <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. yeah oh it's so good <laughs> so this goes on until all of the daughters reach the age of marriage and the stepmother refuses all of Vasilisa's suitors, saying that she cannot get married until the sisters do, and no one wants to marry them because they're horrible. So yeah. to get rid of her, the stepmother ends up sending her into the woods with a huge list of errands, and she keeps sending her into the woods. And here's a quote from the story as well. Now deep in this forest was a green lawn, on which stood a miserable little hut on chicken legs. This house lived Baba Yaga, an old witch grandmother. None dared go near the hut because Baba Yaga ate people. Vasilisa's stepmother kept sending her into the forest in hopes that she would meet the witch and be consumed. However, the little doll showed her where the bush, flowers, and berries grew and did not let her go near the hut on chicken legs. Each time Vasilisa returned safe and sound, Her stepmother hated her more and more. Finally, the stepmother decides, I can't beat around the bush anymore, haha, pun intended, and just sends Vasilisa to go to the hut and ask for fire, hoping that the witch will eat her. So Ask for fire? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, ma'am. Can I have some fire? (laughs) Hi, please. I just need a fire. Can I carry it home? I have a lighter. Yeah, no. Give me actual, like, an element. (laughs) Give me the fire. So as she's walking towards the hut, there are three riders on horseback that run past her. One is white, one is red, and one is black, who bring twilight, sunrise, and night, respectively. And they all arrive at Baba Yaga's hut just before darkness falls. The witch agrees to give her fire in exchange for work, and she gives her a series of impossible tasks also that she's able to complete with the doll's help. So she ends up staying in the hut for a little while and kind of becomes her assistant. And she like keeps asking the Baba Yaga all of these questions. And she keeps like, you don't need to know. It's for your own good. You don't need to know all this. Like stop asking questions like kind of like old woman energy. Yeah. And she eventually sends her home with a skull containing the fire. But once it's brought into the house, it burns the stepmother and sisters to ashes. Fuck yeah. Yeah, right? Damn. So now that she's free of, like, the abuse, she leaves to become a seamstress. And with the doll's help, she impresses the king so much that he falls in love with her and they get married happily ever after. Wow. 
Really takes a left turn at the end there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, and by the way, she's a really good seamstress and the king married her. <laughs> right. <laughs> All thanks to the Baba Yaga, she was able to be free. Baba Yaga, that doesn't sound too bad right there. Right, that's what I'm saying. She's kind of help. She's like a, uh, what would you call it, like a chaotic good almost? Yeah. Or chaotic neutral, I would say, even. But yeah. like, you know, she killed good. It was good that she killed the bad person. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And she like recognized who the good and bad were. And she was like actively discouraging Vasilisa from like asking questions that would harm her and like wouldn't answer them if it would like cause her harm. So it was like a little bit of like chaotic in there doing weird shit for like who knows what reasons why is she even there why does she have a hut with chicken legs yeah who knows those are probably those are probably the questions that she was asking her <laughs> hey baba yaka why are you why are you the length and width of your own house <laughs> why can't you move <laughs> don't worry about it she's probably like please help me i can't move yeah please i have been i, <laughs> I haven't been able to clean my roof in so long <laughs> i can't mop i'm trapped <laughs> But here, have the skull. Have fire. That's also so badass, too. Just a skull full of flames. But also, like, why is she disappearing for, like, weeks to months on end, becoming a full-on assistant just to, like, yeah. bring fire? Right. That's a lot for that. That's a lot for that. Anyways, that's all I had on her. Well, so earlier when we were talking about this, I remembered we have an unreleased episode that I'm going to try to get on our Patreon soon. Okay. Um, when we did, when we covered Yokai, remember that? Mm-hmm. It's such a shame we never put this out because from what I remember, it was like a pretty decent episode. But I agree. I remember when I was, when we were researching that a long time ago, because Yokai, I find very interesting and very spooky. Mm-hmm. I remember one that was like a Baba Yaga character and I looked it up and it's called Nando Baba. Ooh, okay. The translation, because Yokai, if you don't know, is like, I know you know, it's like little monster spirits they all have their own little thing right like they all have it's almost like the patron saint of it could be anything from like brooms to like (laughs) a lake you know what i mean yeah so this one is uh, the translation is storeroom hag so she inhabits storerooms and closets it says the nando baba is an old hag who haunts storerooms and closets especially in western japan they look like short ugly balding old women in ragged clothing (laughs) Also, the picture is like fucking scary that is on here. Behavior. Nando Baba make their homes in storerooms, sheds, and closets. The darker and dirtier, the better. They are shy and jumpy, so they prefer storerooms which remain closed during the day and are only rarely opened. Hmm. Interactions. Nando Baba are not violent and don't do anything particularly harmful to humans. When someone opens a storeroom door, they quickly scurry away and hide. And so they are rarely encountered, which I think is just equally as freaky. And yeah, I think that's horrifying. Like you open your closet right? door and there's just like this repulsive old woman who like runs away. Screaming away. Oh my God. It's like those huntsman spiders in like Australia that are like oh God. the size of your yeah. head. And it's yeah. like, uh, they're like more scared Fuck. of you than you are of them. And they like run but away it, as soon as they're seen. It's like that. Yeah. But an old woman. <laughs> no. If the door is open suddenly and they are taken by surprise, they will leap out of the storeroom screaming and chase people around the house. If you strike them on the head with a broom, they will become disoriented. They will then run away and hide under the floorboards. 
In some areas, Nando Baba are believed to steal newborn infants. This kind of goes back to this story that you're talking about. However, this is due to confusion between Nando Baba and the much more dangerous Yab- Yama Uba. Well, that might be actually what I remember, Yama Uba. Mm. Oh, there's a ton of, oh my God, there's a ton of Babas in yokai folklore. Nando Baba, the origin, Nando Baba were probably once protector spirits, a kind of house god which inhabited storerooms in ancient J- Japanese religion. There were different tutelary deities for every part of the house as ancient traditions were replaced by newer ones old customs died away leaving yokai in place of the forgotten gods but i think what i remember too there down here this looks familiar Az- azuki baba okay i remember we talked about this in the episode the bean hag <laughs> this one's scary i remember this one that grossed me out reading it Ooh, okay so um also known as the bean grinding hag it lives in forests and occasionally villages in northeast japan the appearance, the people of Miyagi Prefecture tell of a much more sinister member of the Azuki family of yokai. Rather than the benign and cute Azuki array known throughout the country, this northeastern variation takes the form of a fearsome old hag dressed in all white, singing in a husky, ugly voice. <laughs> Azuki Baba appear only at twilight, particularly on rainy or misty autumn nights. Their song is similar to the Azuki Arise, whatever that is, except that the Azuki Baba follow through on the threat to catch and eat humans. Mm. Uh, Witnesses of Azuki Baba describe an eerie white glow visible through a thick white mist. From the mist, they hear the husky voice of an old hag singing her ghastly song and Ah. counting beans as she washes them in the river with a strainer. Those who don't turn away at this point never make it back. Yeah, that's horrifying. Creepy, right? So even in Japan, even in this like isolated, like the place where Baba Yaga was, you know, first thought of, first entered the the, uh, folklore or whatever, was probably not in communication with the island nation of Japan, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's just this universal thing of like old ladies are scary. (laughs) And eat people. Yeah. Yeah, they eat people. They eat eat, children and people and they... Yeah, and they got nothing better to do but they just wait around washing beans or whatever. I kind of like the idea of, like, this character, people, like, traveling and telling the stories and stuff, and it somehow, like, just permeates the collective consciousness of, like, this old hag who just eats kids. And then it's just, like, everyone is immediately terrified of it, and they're like, yeah, we got to spread this around. We got to tell our kids. (laughs) Yeah, this will scare them. This will keep them from going out out at night. Yeah, I didn't look too much into where it shows up in other religion or other cultures. This was like specific to more like European, because that's kind of like where it originated. The Slavic regions too. And from what I just saw online, though, like Russia, it seems it's... Yeah, um, heavily in like in Russia for sure. Well, very fascinating, very disturbing. That's the Baba Yaga. Fun, cute little info dump for you. Hell yeah. <laughs> Well, okay. I think we'll probably uh, we'll leave off there for this mini sub. A little taste of some weirdness right there. Yeah, we missed you guys. Yeah. Hang in there. Listen to us. 
Listen to us. Look at us. We're we're talking about things. Hey. All right. If you want to listen to us more, definitely follow us on like all the things. We have an Instagram and a Facebook at According to an Idiot. We have a Twitter at Idiots Accord. We have an email account. If you want to like chat us up, tell us how we're doing. You have suggestions at According to an Idiot at gmail.com. We have a Patreon. Oh, yeah. If you like really, really want to talk to us, we got a lot of shit on there we have exclusive episodes we have ad free listening early access you can vote on topics and what we're going to talk about you can give your own suggestions there's just a whole lot of shit going on over there so if you like listening to us and you don't get enough of our voices check it out over there yeah and also like most of our content is available to like level one patrons too right yeah there's no like paywall really it's available to everybody yeah and so we're slowly building more and more stuff to add to that and stuff also if you're a really sweet little baby <laughs> check us out on itunes leave us a review on itunes it helps bring traffic to the show also spotify you can also rate shows on spotify if you go to the homepage and give us some stars that also helps us enter the holy royal algorithm <laughs> and it'll help us get into more ears so yeah. do that too if you if you can Help us out. If you are thinking to yourself, oh my God, I just wish I could hear more from them. I wish they would produce more episodes. Well, tell people about us. Spread our gospel. And and in return, we'll spread our legs for you. <laughs> Creatively. We'll show you our horrifying grandma vulva. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> we will reveal our hideous tits and vulva. <laughs> just for you. Just for you, because we love you guys. We do. All right, well, watch out for old ladies. And I will see you in time. Bye. Love you guys.